0: and welcome to the Homicide Homegirls Podcast, a weekly true crime podcast examining the true crime cases that fascinate and intrigue us.
1: I'm Arielle. And I'm Amanda. Thanks for for joining us. us. We can't wait to share the details of this wild episode with you.
0: Hey guys and welcome back. Um, So we're on episode 11 today and we're gonna discuss the 1995 murder of Bill Butterfield in um, which happened in a small suburb of Fort Worth, Texas. Have we covered any Texas cases? Yes, Jennifer, uh, Jennifer Harris. Right, was Just, Texas and
1: Clara Harris. Clara Harris was also a Texas. Or David Lynn Harris.
0: Right, right. Okay, yeah.
1: So this is our third Texas case, unless I'm missing any. I think I think, I think those are the only. Yeah. Ones. yeah. Sorry, guys, we're stuck in the deep south. Right. <laughs> Stay tuned for. Yes, some we'll, variety. Right. We'll move we'll move away from the South at some
0: point. And before we jump in, I just want to start by saying there wasn't too much online about Bill's murder, but there was a long form article which was written by Skip Hollinsworth for Texas Monthly, which was published in June of nineteen ninety eight titled Honor Thy Father. So the majority of what we are going to talk about today, uh, came from you know, came from that, um, that article, and apparently Skip Hollinsworth is a pretty well known true crime writer in Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, he's written for Texas Monthly for years, like literally thirty years. Wow. I think he started in, in nineteen eighty nine, uh, and he's now an executive editor for the magazine. So pre homegirls, right? <laughs> pre homegirls, <laughs> right? Um, so safe to say, I will likely be reading more of his work because I really like. I thoroughly enjoyed.
1: The article, And I felt like it was really well done. And, so. and you said that you couldn't find much, like, this was your only source, like... It's not my only source, but, but majority it's of it. In, right. But, you know, that's kind of like a podcaster's dream or any research, like, I don't, you know, it's... Mm-hmm.
0: And he interviewed the family, like, he interviewed people who yeah, were but, like, involved. The case um, that
1: I was just doing, like, researching for, mm-hmm. there were so many articles, and, you know, it would have it would have been anything. nice to have it all condensed down into one. Right.
0: So, it it wasn't, like, I, I don't like having just one source. But yeah, I mean, and that's I, the
1: thing. It's like a Yeah, and I, catch I, found,
0: a, I found a couple other sources, um, but, like I said, this was my main one. Mm-hmm. But, um, anyway, so, like we always do, we'll start with a little bit of background. Um, Bill and Kathy Butterfield lived in North Richland Hills, Texas, which, as I already said, is a suburb of Fort Worth and they owned a small mattress manufacturing company. The Butterfields were high school sweethearts who went on to have three children. Billy, who was born in 1968, his sister Sandy, who was born three years later, and the baby, Lance, who was born in 1977. This story is mainly gonna center around Bill and Kathy's youngest child, Lance. So I'm gonna start with a little bit about him. Um, so he was your typical all-American kid and everyone kind of saw him that way. He was six foot. He was a six foot two inch tall, 180 pound free safety on the Richland high school football team, and he also played second base on the baseball team, and ran the 400 meter in track. Oh, hey, Lance. <laughs> right. <laughs> he was. He actually sounds like my dad. My dad did all that. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. My dad played football, basketball. Oh, Lance didn't play basketball, but my dad played football, basketball, baseball, and ran track.
1: All, of it. all right Danny let me find out
0: right <laughs> um, so Lance also had a 4.0 GPA and was a member of the National Honor Society and Young Life which is a Christian student fellowship organization so like I said he was the all American he kind of yeah. had it all going on he did um, so Lance was in shape obviously and he was handsome and had a gentle smile according to um, most sources that I've seen, um, most people said, quote, a smile that could light up a room, end quote, Mm -hmm. according to his English teacher, um, and he was the perfect, you know, the perfect kid, he didn't get in fights, he didn't skip school, he didn't drink or smoke, and he was always super polite, you know, yes ma'am, no ma'am, yes sir, no sir, like your typical polite, southern,
1: southern gentleman, right, um, I you're about to, uh-huh. I feel like you're about to throw a wrench into what's happening, but not go yet. on, go not, on.
0: Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> so, according to Skip's article, um, Lance even took time in the locker room to talk to some of, you know, the third string players who really got a chance to play, and he would always make them feel like part of the team.
1: Which oh, I like that. That's super sweet. Teamwork um, makes the dream work. I always say that, right?
0: So, and his mom Kathy was at every single one of his games, smiling and videotaping. Um, all the games with... That Father's obnoxious mom. <laughs> right. And obviously his dad was at all the games too. Um, So all the fans called the father-son duo Butt and Butter. Excuse me? Yeah, they were called Bill Butt. He got his nickname. So the dad was Butt? Cop- he, yeah, he got his nickname in high school. And I, I'll talk about it later. And then they, they called Lance Butter. Okay. So... Um, Thank you. <laughs> Um, I mean, he probably didn't think so, but... (laughs) Right. Bill left work every afternoon just to go watch Lance's practices. But I guess you can do that when you own your own mattress company. Um, So he even created extra workouts for Lance at home, gave him protein drinks twice a day, and even went so far as to install $10,000 worth of weightlifting equipment in their garage. Jeez. So... You know, thanks to his father's help, Lance was always the best prepared athlete on the field, physically and mentally. So, and he understood the game of football as well as the coaches did. Right. Because of his dad. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know if I said this before, but um, Bill was also... He played football in high school, Mm -hmm. and, you know, even years later, he still kind of resembled a football star. Like, he kept himself in shape. The dad, right? The Mm dad, right. Like, he dressed in sweats and had at least... Oh, that coach vibe. Right. Had at least, like, a dozen pairs of the same expensive Nike cross-training shoes, and he still worked out daily. Oh, wow. Um, He made a habit of, you know, running the bleachers at the practice field, and, uh... He was constantly in the GNC store, in the mall, you know, checking out the newest supplements and reading about nutritional theories and training techniques. And most everybody in the high school athletic program
1: joked and would call him Dr. Butterfield. Because he was all into the nutrition and stuff. Right. And the training techniques. and Like, he did this for his own sake? Or did he do it for his kid? Like, I feel like he's walking that line of... Mm-hmm. overkill yeah oh see. i do not mean to use that that term but you know what i yeah. mean like like overbearing like, like like being that supportive parent or like but pushing to the them too level. far mm-hmm. you'll, see. you'll uh, see man i'm real good at this <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so wade
0: parkey is a uh north richland hills insurance agent who grew up with uh bill and kathy near downtown fort worth and He was quoted by Skip in the Texas Monthly article, and according to Wade, Bill was always willing to talk to fellow parents about their kids and how they were doing, you know, he was always willing to point out, you know, flaws in their baseball swings or the way they tackled in football, and he'd even talk to the kids when they needed extra motivation. And he would often tell the other parents that he thought sports was the best way to, you know, instill discipline and drive in a child's
1: life. I can, I can agree with that. Yeah, I do too. To, when it's not oh, overdone. Oh, yeah, right. like, I mean, I, I played soccer in high school all four years, and mm-hmm. I, that, that was the best years of my life, like, right. that, that's the only thing I really liked about high school, you know? Right. Like, well, the camaraderie, and, the team, and, mm-hmm. the teamwork, um, you know, right. Right. executing the, the strategy and everything as a team, mm-hmm. I can get that.
0: And, you know, as I mentioned in the very beginning of the episode, Bill and Kathy own a mattress company and bill was the president but it was usually kathy who actually ran the business uh-huh. you know she was the one that was there day in and day out um that's usually the case right bill spent <laughs> who most around the
1: world <laughs> uh,
0: bill spent most of his time training his children um in fact when bill and kathy's oldest son billy was in second grade bill started making him work out daily including doing pull-ups from the top bar of their swing set and running wind sprints in their yard. Back to the overdoing it. Right. And I'll be honest, I I didn't know what the heck a wind sprint was. Maybe I just don't. But I Googled it, and according to dictionary.com, a wind sprint is a form of exercise consisting of repeated alternation between a walk or slow run and a faster run. That sounds terrible. And this kid was in second grade. Like, he was forcing his second grade child to do this?
1: How, like, how old are you in second grade? Seven, eight? Right. Mm-hmm. And what? who makes our young child, like, work out like that every day? That's enough to make me not want to be in sports. Right. Like, like yeah, it, it's fun. It's supposed to be fun. But, but when you're being forced to work out every right. day. Um, right. This actually. Well, not really. Never mind. I was going to say this makes me think of a case that I want to cover but they weren't athletes so that's irrelevant but um I, that you know it, it's supposed to be fun mm-hmm. it's not supposed to be a chore it, and you're not supposed to be that hard on your kids like yeah like it's supposed to teach them life lef- lessons but right you're not supposed to you know right like force them drive to... them to hate it right so eventually
0: bill introduced billy to baseball and he taught him how to be a switch hitter. Mm-hmm. I thought something like that usually comes naturally, but I guess it's... For some people it does, but I, mean, I guess you can train to be a switch hitter. I am, cannot do Either one. a I dang can. thing
1: with my left hand. Anything. I, I don't even think I can wink with my left eye, so... Um, and um, Bill would take, you know, Billy
0: to the park and pitched him for hours while Kathy and the two other kids would go get balls from the outfield.
1: Oh, hell no. Right. I don't think so.
0: And going back to his whole sports thing, his daughter Sandy eventually played softball and basketball. This is going to make you mad. I already know. Um, Bill allegedly told Sandy that if she wanted to be a cheerleader, like her mother was in high school, she would need to eat less so she could have a better body. Excuse me? Yeah. And, yeah. Go on. And Bill did not allow Sandy to eat sweets or drink carbonated drinks. And it's also been reported that he even ordered for her when they ate at restaurants.
1: I think the hell not. Right. Like, who does these kinds of things? Like, who says these
0: kinds of things to their daughter? Like, that's terrible. You're asking for her to have major body Body issues. issues. Oh, this is not even the worst of it. It gets worse. So,
1: it's already bad enough for a young girl, any woman, no matter the age, about, like, body shaming. hmm But to, to receive it from your own father. Right. <sighs> right. I, so, I don't even have the word.
0: I know. I knew it was going to make you man. <laughs> so, um, other parents noticed how obsessed Bill was with his kids. And a lot of them were kind of disturbed by it, you know? And, I mean obviously i love my kids but you're not gonna catch me forcing my second grader to work out or telling my daughter she needs to lose weight like
1: that's a no from me okay so i don't have kids but like for instance your your daughter my godchild if she tried something out t-ball gymnastics martial arts whatever and she didn't like it like me like say if i was the parent, I would make them finish out the season. Exactly. Don't let down. Let, don't let your teammates down. Mm-hmm. And then that, you don't have you to don't do have it ever it again. again. Right. That's how. But you are gonna finish.
0: Exactly. Right. That and that's how I am. But you know, forcing your second grader to work out, I cannot get over that. But anyway, <sighs> oh, yeah. so at Billy's baseball games, uh, whenever Billy would come out to bat, Bill would walk up to the backstop to critique his son's swing. And during one game, Billy's... I don't, I don't like this man. Oh, it it's going to get worse. You're going to hate him of <laughs> this episode. So, during one game, Billy's coach told him, you know, hey, bat right-handed, which was his natural, you know, way he was right-handed. Okay. And his dad angrily stormed onto the field and screamed at the coach, quote, what the hell do you think you're doing? My boy is a switch hitter, end quote. Mm. Okay,
1: that that makes you no, even the one ejected, like from that, the, from the team.
0: I mean, I, that makes no sense to me. Doesn't being a switch hitter mean you can hit from either side? Yeah, like like I'm not really sure why it was such a big deal to him that the coach had his son bat from the right side. I mean, he seems like an entire bag of crazy, a bag of garbage, <laughs> a trash bag human. Yes, and this wasn't the only time Bill had an angry outburst at one of his son billy's sporting events apparently at a youth league football game the referee made a bad call against billy and what does bill do what any normal parent would do of course uh if you can't tell that was sarcasm but you can't see me uh i'm rolling my eyes Uh just so you know but anyway so bill runs out onto the field grabs the ball out of the ref's hands and throws it off to the darkness and then storms off the field. Um, sir, what exactly were you wishing to accomplish by doing so? Right. Like, he sounds like a child. Like a child throwing a tantrum that, you know, after they didn't get their way. Actually, that reminds me of my five-year-old. Yeah, somebody put she Bill in Time would do out. something like Please, that. Please, somebody
1: put Bill and Time
0: out. Right. And so, as is probably pretty typical for, you know, your small towns, especially in in texas i feel like you know it's just one of those small towns where you're gonna have people talking like they're gonna be mm-hmm. so there were rumors floating around about the way that bill disciplined his kids mm-hmm. and there was a rumor that he bill really made him run laps there was a rumor that he grounded billy for a week for not playing well in a youth league football game It's
1: insane.
0: right and what a <laughs> And according to one of Sandy's friends, um, several times...
1: Hold on. Time out. Where is Kathy? She's there. Silent. She's... She's there. I guess I'm just too feisty of a woman to... To just sit back and let stuff like this happen. Mm -hmm. Like, I talk back. We've already... We've already Mm -hmm. established this. Right.
0: And I'll get there.
1: Um... So, according
0: to one of Sandy's friends, several times when she went to visit her friend and went to the Butterfield home, Bill met her at the door and checked her purse to make sure she wasn't sneaking food to Sandy. Food that, you know, Bill wouldn't allow Sandy to have.
1: Wait, so like his daughter would go to a friend's house? And no, a friend would come to oh, their oh, house. Oh, oh, like, like, um, like contraband. Of,
0: yeah. <laughs> like one of Sandy's friends would come over and he's like making sure she's not smuggling food into his daughter. I
1: wish... Um... M-F-O-Wood.
0: <laughs> look at my purse. Can you imagine if I would have showed up to your house and Kelsey would have been like, him. let me see who's in He's going to look at my
1: purse and I'm going to show him that thing. <laughs> oh, my God.
0: <laughs> um, yeah. And so, Wade Parkey, the insurance agent mm-hmm. I mentioned earlier that grew up with them, um, and this kind of speaks to Bill's, like, temper, I guess, um, He often tells a story about a night in 1984 when uh, he and his wife, Arvidia, invited Bill and Kathy over to play cards, and after the Butterfields lost the first hand, apparently Bill threw his cards at his wife and yelled, quote,
1: you are a stupid effing bitch, end quote. Skirt. Hang on a second. Bill said this to his own wife.
0: In front of people. (laughs)
1: <laughs> in front of another
0: couple. Oh, and apparently Wade said he was shocked and, like, at a loss for words. But Kathy just smiled and said, oh, I'm sorry. And then after a few minutes, the couple acted like nothing had happened. So
1: was she just, like, submissive and just... Yeah, apparently. What is wrong with you women? Like, I don't know.
0: But that that's not normal. That's abuse.
1: Like, just saying. Verbal,
0: like... That's definitely abuse. And...
1: Like if that, that wasn't like, how... I probably would not have even thought of what to say. It would have just came out like word vomit. <laughs> I would have clicked out on him. Right. First of all, our relationship would have never got to that. But I guess that's just
0: yeah. And I'm gonna elaborate a little bit more on it. So like the
1: their marriage, like yeah, okay. and why I, I, I trust so... you. Right.
0: So even though. Bill had a pretty explosive temper and a bad habit of like flying off the handle for seemingly no reason. He was still pretty well liked throughout the community, and enough so that he was voted president of the Richland, uh, high school booster club mm-hmm. after Billy started high school there. Mm-mm. Yeah, and I wonder if that was like money driven. It could have been, and a lot of times parents attended the meetings just to listen to him talk to Bill talk about football.
1: He sounds like the kind of man that I don't want to listen to, to him talk like. Right. Um, and, you know,
0: even all high school coaches liked him. According to one of Lance's coaches, Coach Briscoe, quote, To be honest with you, we didn't see him as being that different from any other sports-oriented dad, and there was a lot to admire about him. He was a good teacher, especially the way he had trained Lance. You could tell that Lance was going to make something of himself, end quote. So but you know once everything that transpired happened then I guess people would kind of think back and be like oh. oh that was a
1: red flag. Right.
0: Right. So just like he had done with Billy, Bill started forcing Lance to work out once he started his second grade. But he didn't he still didn't pay much attention to Lance while he was young because he was so busy focusing on Billy and you know what many were they times
1: like? Four years apart? No. Ten. Eleven 10, Ten years apart, I think. 68 and 77. Yeah. So, so n- nine. Hmm? 68 and 77? Yeah, nine. Nine. Okay. Yeah. It was a big little gap. A big, a little, big little gap. gap. <laughs> I'm so dumb. I mean, but anyway.
0: <laughs> but I mean, many times other parents would, they noticed, you know, that Bill would take both of his sons to the park, but once they got there, he would leave Lance alone for hours playing on the playground while he took Billy on another field to train. Hmm. But.
1: Was that a good thing or a bad thing?
0: I guess I, to teach his own, I guess, but I guess people just noticed that he seemed to pay more attention to Billy. But at the same time, I guess if Billy was in high school, you know, I mean, your other son's, what, five? Okay,
1: so in Lance's eyes, was it a good thing or a bad thing? I don't know. You do know, you just don't want to tell me yet. Well, so,
0: while Lance would get his turn, uh, so when Lance was 12, he attended Texas Christian University, which, TCU, uh, they've got a pretty big football program over there, mm-hmm. but he has attended their football clinic over the summer, you know, on his father's orders, and later that same summer, an assistant coach from TCU walked into this sandwich shop where the whole Butterfield family was eating and he recognized Lance from the clinic earlier that summer, so the TCU coach turned to Bill and said, quote, if your boy keeps his head on straight, he's going to have a great future, end quote. So, according to Wade Parkey, who I've talked about a few times, mm-hmm. Bill's friend, quote, and right at that moment, everything changed. I remember Bill saying to me, Wade, Lance is my last chance. He can make it. I could see Bill's whole demeanor changing. He was going to make his
1: son a star, in quote. Okay, so time out. You said Bill was an athlete in high school. Mhm. So, is this his attempt to live vicariously through his kids? Yes.
0: Okay. And I'm going to I I'm going to explain all that, but I'm kind of just trying to set set the stage. Up. <laughs> um so, like I said, now he's finally noticing Lance, like, "Oh, he has potential." to be a football star, so now I'm going to pay attention to him. So, as a result of this encounter with the TCU coach, Uh Bill started training Lance, um, making him jump rope daily in the driveway to improve his quickness, uh, making him run up and down a hill near the house for endurance and lift weights in their newly converted garage. He put Lance through rigorous football drills in their yard, um, making him backpedal Uh, As if he was covering a wide receiver and then leap into the air as if he was going to intercept a pass. Because he was a free safety. Okay. He was was defense. Um, But, you know, Bill didn't stop with trying to make Lance a football star. Uh, He was also determined that his son was going to be a star in baseball, too. Of course. So, he built this huge backyard batting cage. Mm -hmm. um, That was the size of batting cages at, like, public parks. Oh, wow. And bought an electronic pitching machine. And he even installed... He's doing too much. He's he's doing way too much. Just wait. He installed floodlights in the yard so that they could practice at night.
1: Who does that? Psychos.
0: Yeah. Um, He even forced Kathy to prepare steak and baked potato every night for Lance. Who has money for that? Bougie people. And... Was he trying to give his son a heart attack with all this red meat? Right, right, right. <laughs> um, and so Kathy was supposed to tape all of Lance's games, which Bill would go through with Lance after each game.
1: He thought he was in a mini NFL.
0: Right, like watching film, yeah. pointing out his mistakes. And, you know, Lance always did what his dad said without without question. Um, you know, Lance, he even... Uh, even would turn down invites to spend the night at friends' houses or turn down invites for weekends at family friends at a family friend's lake house because his father wouldn't want him to miss workouts or his daily run. So at this point
1: he's not a kid anymore. Like no. his childhood is over.
0: Right. And like poor thing like that just sounds terrible. Like he was so controlled by his father that and he wanted so badly like to do everything perfectly and to you please know, him that, and he, that
1: probably like it factored yeah. in like when he would like his dad would basically neglect him at the park now he finally got his chance so he wants he gets to and he has that attention yeah. yep and he doesn't he doesn't want to lose it, it. Mm-hmm. right
0: that's a good point but like it just makes me sad because like he's so busy trying to be perfect and please his father that he missed out on being like your typical teenager yeah it was stolen yeah. from him it's really sad and like i don't know i,
1: I don't like that man no i don't like him either. i don't even know that man I'm sorry to this man. <laughs> I'm not. I hate you.
0: <laughs> and I mean, as I already said, Lance was like so eager to please his father that he would basically do anything for him. And
1: this, this is so. so this is so, so. He was the baby. So yeah, he made the baby. He was. We said he was nine years younger than the oldest, so he probably didn't interpret his father's actions like. Like, me and you are. hmm Because he was so young and naive. Well,
0: yeah, and that's what your dad, like, you're going to do. Yeah,
1: you're going to look up to him, so. Right. It, he was misled. Right. And so, like I said, he'd do anything for his father. And
0: this is, this is really sad. Ugh. This is going to be painful to even say. So, for example, um, late one afternoon, Wade Parkey, I talk about him a lot. He was one of build really good friends, apparently. Um, he pulled up. To the Butterfield home and heard the sound of the pitching machine in the backyard. So he walked rounds, you know, rounds the house, um, walks around the back and he heard Bill shouting at his youngest child, quote, watch the effing ball, Lance. What is wrong with you? Maybe this will teach you to keep your eyes on the ball, end quote. And as Wade rounded the corner, he saw Lance laying on the ground at the plate. Bill had aimed the pitching machine Directly at his son. Oh, my God. The balls were coming out at 60 (gasps) miles an hour, bouncing off of Lance's body. And Wade shouted and asked Bill what he was doing. Like, what? That's that's, on earth. That's putting it nicely. Like, I wouldn't have been that calm if I had just witnessed what he did.
1: Oh, I would have dropped multiple (laughs) F-bombs. Right. Probably would have took a lunge. (laughs) I probably would have tackled him. Yeah, like, what is wrong with people? Right. So, and Bill looks surprised, but... He wasn't expecting him?
0: No. No, I think he just showed up to visit. But, like, Bill looks surprised that Wade was asking what he was doing. And he says, quote, What the hell does it look like we're doing, Wade? This is a
1: concentration drill, end quote. You mean a concentration camp? (laughs) Basically.
0: But a concentration drill? What the... What is he concentrating?
1: He's laying on home plate.
0: Like, yeah. And he's got the pitch... The Dad has the pitching machine aimed at him. 60 miles an hour, the balls are hitting him.
1: What are they supposed to be concentrating on?
0: I don't know. Something is very wrong with this man. It's, like, I just... And Wade said he just stared at Lance, and then... Like, I would have had to pick my jaw up off the floor. uh, And I think that's probably where he was. Then he noticed that Kathy was watching them through the family room window, like, covering her mouth with her hand, like, in shock. You know, and he said for a moment, like, Wade thought she was going to run outside, but then Bill's eyes also turned to the window, and Kathy just, like, slowly backed away from the window. And
1: Was he a violent man? I mean. Yeah,
0: obviously. And, like, that's heartbreaking to me. The fact that she was, like, that scared of her husband, that, you know, she would just let him do that to their son and feel like she couldn't say anything.
1: Y'all ever I seen don't... the movie Medea? <laughs> With the frying pan? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's all I got to say.
0: But, I mean, I can tell you right now, if I was if I was hurt and I saw my husband aiming a pitching machine at my kid, Bill would have been dead, plain and simple, and I am not even sorry. Like, he would have been dead. Hey, Bill, let's play baseball.
1: <laughs> you just beat him with a bat. Yes. You're at baseball. Yes. So finally. And like, you know he probably at that age I mean you said he was in shape like he you know he kept up his shape or whatever and he mm-hmm. still worked out but let's see you do what you're telling these kids to do. Right. Let's, let's run let's run some laps Bill. Let's go. Let's go run suicides or stadiums. Come on let's go. Right. So finally
0: Lance broke the awkward silence and said quote I'm sorry dad I'll do oh, it right this time. That's so unquote. heartbreaking. Then he he took his place at the plate again and waited for another ball to come out of the mich- pitching machine so he could keep...
1: As if it never backside. happened. Like, just kept and chugging it just along. makes
0: you wonder how often stuff like that happened. Yeah. He just... So, and you've I been feel so bad because you know, know he
1: wanted his dad's attention so bad. That
0: he was doing whatever he could to, to get it and keep it, I guess. Oh, that's... That's... Mm-mm. Right. So... You've been asking about Bill's background, so... Let's go. Right. I'm buckled up. Yeah, strap in. (laughs) So, in the mid-60s, Bill Butterfield was a star on his high school football team at Amon Carter Riverside High School in Fort Worth, Texas. He was a running back and a really good one. Uh, Coaches called Bill Butt, like we talked about, that's his nickname, because of the way he would lower his head... And Headbutt, a would-be tackler. Not because it's the last name, but in it. I guess not. So, and apparently he was also really fast. And during the summers, he would train wearing ankle weights to run six miles a day up and down levees and then going home to lift weights. And during the infamous... August two-a-day practices that are pretty well-known in Texas. Mm hmm It's been reported that Bill would go the entire day without taking a drink of water to make himself tougher. That's just dumb. That makes you dehydrated. Right. So, apparently, Bill drove a 55 Chevy and played guitar and sang in all the school talent shows, and much like his son would eventually be, he was the all-American kid in high school. So...
1: So he was probably, okay, you said he was a star and that he was fast and, you know, so athletic and talented. So I'm just going to take a shot in the dark here. And he was, like, he was confident but cocky and just that a-hole that you see, you know, in movies and TV shows. Big man on campus. Yes, like that Mm, dude. Probably. I don't like people like that.
0: So, Kathy Butterfield was then Kathy Adams. She was the daughter of Strict Baptist and one of the prettiest girls at school. So, um, she often told her friends that she didn't like that Bill cursed and that he had a temper. But, despite that, Kathy and Bill began dating, and they were quickly considered the ideal couple. And they were even voted, you know, favorite couple or whatever of their sophomore class. Homecoming queen and king. (laughs) Right. So then, in the summer of 1967, just before their senior year, word spread that Bill and Kathy were going to be married at the courthouse. This was because, apparently after one wild teenage night, Kathy and Bill had sex on the 50-yard line of Eamon Carter's football field. Wait, so
1: that really happens? Like, like in real appar- life?
0: Apparently. In like,
1: sh- IRL. In real life, this yeah. happens. Apparently, and she got. I thought got that was it. only like in a Toby Keith song, but. <laughs> I wrote your number on
0: the 50 yard line. Oh God, this so is done. a little different than that. Uh, and apparently, Kathy got pregnant. And they were seniors, yeah. Or the summer before their senior year. Oh, okay. And um, I feel like that was pretty common in the 60s. Like, if you got pregnant out of wedlock, you got married, no questions asked. That's just how it happened. Signs, healed, delivered. Right, that was it. And. I mean... That's dumb, by the way. That's dumb. I mean, we all know how big football is in Texas, so this was, like, really big news. Apparently, a newspaper reported it. The Fort Worth Press reported... What? Yeah. Under the headline, Wedding Bells Cripple Wings of the Eagles, the Fort Worth Press reported that Bill Butterfield would no longer be playing for Eamon Carter. Apparently, the school had a rule against married students playing varsity sports, so... He was no longer allowed to play football. Life
1: ruined. Exactly. So we're getting a little bit, like... So they just, like, killed his pride. Like, he... Right. Like, he wouldn't be that big man on campus anymore. Right. In his senior year. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Mm-hmm. You're enjoying this week. Uh, A little. Um, Maybe. Just a tad.
0: So, you know, like, in the blink of an eye, his football career was over. So... He and Kathy got married and moved into a tiny duplex. And Did they say it was Year?
1: Or didn't say Uh,
0: I believe so. Yeah. So, even though Bill was no longer allowed to play football, um, he still continued working out to stay in shape, still running up and down the bleachers at the stadium. And actually, in the early 1970s, Bill attended an open tryout for the Dallas Cowboys. Hmm. And, you know, he was determined to play football, and he even put weights in his shoes so he would be heavier on the scales at the weigh-in. That's cheating. Exactly. (laughs) FYI. In case you didn't know. Yeah. You heard it here first.
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: (laughs) But, unfortunately, Bill was cut after the first round. (laughs) He came home, obviously disappointed, and Kathy, you know, trying to be a good wife, she tried to give him a hug and console him. him, and apparently he reached back with his fist closed and two knuckles sticking out and popped her so hard in the chest that she thought one of her breasts was going to cave in, then yelled at her, quote, you keep away from me, you effing bitch, you keep away, end quote. I wish y'all could see Amanda's face right now. Her mouth <laughs>
1: is literally, like, on the ground. Listen, girl. <clears throat> Get you... A nice, heavy frying pan. <laughs> Preferably cast iron. That's insane. And at this point, he's she's the mother of his child. Because mm-hmm. you said it was in the 70s. And Billy was born in 68. Possibly two of his kids.
0: Yeah. Sandy was born in 71, three years after. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so possibly, probably, they probably had two kids at that point. Okay, I'm, I'm going to sidebar here. He... Kathy got pregnant. It I mean it takes two to tango. hmm. But maybe he looked at her as not if, maybe he did. Oh, he did look at her oh, yeah. as if she ruined his football. Oh yeah. Man, I am so good <laughs> at this. Like I'm just I would just say that.
0: Yeah. And yeah, that's really sad. That he blamed her and like I guess the kids by default. Um,
1: homeboy, you were on that fifty hard line. Thank you. You sure didn't have much to say then. Right. Hmm. So, um,
0: Kathy later said she assumed he was just frustrated, but his anger kept building, especially around the kids. She told Skip, quote, he told me that his children were going to grow up right, and he said that you raise a child like you raise a dog. You beat them until they
1: obey, end quote. Okay, so time out. So, so what's your excuse for hitting your wife? She's already raised. (laughs) She's already raised. (laughs) I'm just, there is no excuse. You should never hit a woman.
0: Absolutely. But you get what I'm saying. Right. And according to Kathy, Bill would slap the children's hands if they touched a glass vase on the coffee table or if they accidentally spilled their food at a meal. Okay, but who keeps... Don't have children! But who keeps glass vases (laughs) on a coffee table within the reach of their children? Maybe maybe childproofing wasn't a thing in the 70s. Like, I don't have glass vases chilling where my kids can reach them. Like, that's just
1: stupid. We don't even use glass dishes. No, (laughs) we do not.
0: We use paper plates in this house, okay?
1: Divine China. So... As the kids got older, Bill began
0: using a solid oak paddle, which was three and a half feet long and three quarters of an inch thick.
1: So basically a baseball bat.
0: Pretty close. Yeah. So he would tell the kids to put their hands on the edge of their bed and bend over. They learned to take their licks without making a sound. And if they ever cried or screamed, he would hit them harder. Sometimes he would hand the paddle to Kathy saying, quote, your turn, end quote.
1: Oh, I would've, it would have been my turn, but I wouldn't hit
0: the kids. I'd have hit him. Kathy, who was clearly uncomfortable with paddling her children, you know, she would often try to get away with like a half-hearted swipe. But Bill would then grab her hair or kick her in the back and tell her, quote, harder, you bitch. You're the one who taught these kids to disobey. I would have
1: swung it. I would have swung that bat, or whatever it was, around so quick.
0: Right. At I <laughs> at not But, despite Bill's explosive temper and abuse, she, Kathy only tried to leave Bill once, a few years into their marriage. Um, she took Billy and Sandy um, to the car and drove to her parents' house, but it wasn't long before Bill followed her there, and apparently he, like... He like almost knocked the door down to get to her, to get to Kathy, and he pushed her elderly father against the wall, and told him to stay out of his business.
1: At that I, point, his daughter is is his business. Exactly.
0: Like I can only really imagine what my dad would do if my husband threw him against the wall. I already know oh, Kathy, don't play that. I was gonna say I already know your dad would be in jail for murder if your husband would try to try that. He's so. a
1: cleaning this gun type of guy, like. <laughs> right. Uh-uh. So after
0: that, Kathy obviously was scared, and she decided that there was nowhere that she and the children could go that Bill wouldn't find them. Which I I can understand that. Like she she knew that like it didn't matter. Like I get
1: I understand like why, why women stay. If mm-hmm. y'all are not familiar with Sidelines Lutes. they they have some amazing episodes this month for domestic because Vi- it is violence domestic violence awareness month. month.
0: Oh, so this episode actually really fits well in October. Yeah,
1: but I guess I was, I don't know, like, and then I, I'm pretty tough because all my brothers and, yeah. but, I mean, I I after listening to the Sleuths episode, the first one for this month, like. It was the one on Kaylin Klosterman and, uh, what was the other girl? I don't name? remember, but.
0: Hang on, let me look it up because I
1: don't want to not say but in the episode, host Megan talks about her um, her experience with domestic violence. And she really did put things into sp- per- mm-hmm. perspective for me, I know, right. and for you, too. Yeah. And I could see that, why right. um, um, Women's Day. Mm-hmm. So for anyone
0: who wants to listen to that, it's uh, episode, episode 29 of Sidelined Sleuths that aired on October 4th, and it's the murders of Kaylin Klosterman and LaShonda Childs. I was literally sobbing listening to the episode, and I know Megan's story. Right. I mean, we're friends; like, we both know her story. But just hearing her talk about it was, it was surreal. Like, it was just. Anyway, if anybody is interested, it's 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 a really good episode. We'll share it too. Yeah, we'll share it. Um, so you guys can we we actually share all of our stuff. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, but that was like a long winded way. But back. Back to our story. So, I mean, I just, I feel bad for her. Like, she was scared that to leave because he would hunt her down. I
1: mean, where where did she have to go that he couldn't find her? Where, yeah, where and, did she go that he couldn't find I her? I mean, they had a business together, right. so I don't, you don't really know um, right. how that would have worked out. Right. You know, you can call the cops all you want, but at, when it's all said and done, it's just a piece of paper when you get a restraining order. Exactly. Um... I mean, I I do get it, but it's just really sad. Yeah, it is.
0: But, so, Kathy decided to stay and try to make everything as normal as possible for the kids, and she bought sports posters to cover dents in the doors that Bill had kicked in. She cooked large meals and smiled lovingly at all times and just was like the perfect wife, you know? So... Almost like a submissive submissive wife, I guess. Right. Is that the word? Submissive, Yeah. yeah. She just And actually one time a neighbor drove past their house one afternoon and saw her saw Kathy in the driveway in a rubber sweatsuit with one end of a rope tied around her waist and the other end was tied to the back of a car and she put on her best smile, waved cheerfully and said, Quote, Bill is just helping me lose weight, end quote. And Bill was, you know, he shrugged at the neighbor, like, the whole thing was Kathy's idea, and he began pulling Kathy around the block, forcing her to run at full speed, and- Wait, wait, so what was the other side of the rope tied to? The car. Tied around Kathy's waist, and then tied to the car. So, like, he's driving, pulling her behind him, making her run. (gasps) Yeah. Oh, my God. I don't know. Can you imagine saying that today? Like, in 2019- Oh, that is so terrible. I know. And although I'm sure she was super uncomfortable and tired, she smiled the whole time. That's so sad. I know. And um, Sandy, their daughter, told Skip what it was like living with her father. Quote, he pretty much controlled everything that went on in the house. Everything we ate, everything we did. It was like walking around on eggshells. We just tried really hard not to do anything wrong. End quote. And Lance was always the golden child, the perfect son, um, according to one of Lance's friends and football teammates, quote, our parents would hear us tell stories about Lance spending two hours working on a single calculus problem, and they'd ask us why we couldn't be more like him, end quote.
1: Yeah, you didn't want to be like him. No. Because of yeah what they went through.
0: Right. And, y- and you and know, you that's the thing, know. you never know when really somebody's going through a home. Nope. Um... Even, like, the people closest to them didn't really know, you know? People hide. People, monsters hide in plain sight. mm mm-hmm. I mean, you don't know. Mm-mm. It's terrifying. So, during Lance's senior year, uh, he noticed this beautiful brunette junior named Kim Maywald uh, as she was jogging around the school's track while he was at football practice, and each time Kim circled the track, she'd stare straight at Lance. So, being a young, attractive, popular football player, plenty of girls had previously, you know, shown interest in Lance, Mm -hmm. but he kind of kept his distance. Um, Probably because he couldn't... um, He wasn't allowed. Right. Right. So, he had never been told the real reason that that Bill's football career ended. Um, Bill didn't want any of his kids to know, you know, the story of her teenage pregnancy, which... You I got, can do math. I mean, yeah, we, right. They, they can do math, but anyway, um, Lance had been warned many times by his father to limit his extracurricular activities to just sports.
1: Yep, loud and clear. I hear you. Right. I get where he, you're going.
0: But Lance and Kim had a computer class together in the fall semester, um, and he started walking her down the hall, and then was hold soon was holding her hand and. Lance was completely smitten with his very first girlfriend, which, I get that. Happens to everyone. <laughs> right. So, he bought Kim stuffed animals, and he wrote her really lavish love notes and that she hid in a shopping bag under her bed. And in the notes, he'd always call her my little cowgirl or my snuggle bunny. <laughs> okay. And he always concluded with the phrase, quote, With all my love from the bottom of my heart to the top of the sky, butter. End quote. That sounds like that is so your, your typical, like, sweet, like, high school romance. First love, yeah. Right. But, like I said, they had to keep their relationship a secret from Bill, because, you know, he would have lost his mind. Um, so, Lance would meet Kim at Young Life meetings, the Christian group he was in. Right. And then afterward, they would park on this remote street next to a golf course in his new pickup truck and... Although Lance tried to hide their relationship, Bill already kind of suspected something was going on. Mm-hmm. Um, while at Lance's football practices, Bill noticed the looks that Kim and Lance would give each other. So what did he do? What did any normal dad would do?
1: Normal. He's not normal.
0: He basically started tailing Lance whenever he left home at night. And he also began staking out Kim's house. Even following her to and from school, sometimes making Kathy go with him. Okay. And Kathy told Skip for the article, quote, he became obsessed with Lance and this girl. I remember him saying, that little bitch Kim is going to ruin everything for us. And I thought, what does he mean by us? Us! End quote. Right.
1: So. It goes back to that whole living. Living vicariously through your kids.
0: kids. Don't do that. Ever. Ever. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So... Not even a little.
0: Right. So, Bill started to notice that Kim was distracting Lance when in the third game of Richland's season. Apparently, Lance mistimed an interception attempt, which led to a touchdown for the other team. Uh Uh-oh. So, a few days later, Bill showed up in Lance's coach's office to tell him that he thought Lance's mind was on other things. However... The coach told Bill it was just one pass, you know. Lance, he'd be fine, but Bill was not having that, and he promised the coach that he'd get Lance back on track. I just did air quotes. So shortly after this, oh, this is so, sad. so shortly after this, Bill forced Lance to drive to Kim's house and break up with her on the night of her 17th birthday. Oh my God! Like in the middle of her party. <gasps> Yeah, Lance begged his father, like, can we wait for another night? But Bill grabbed him by the shirt and told him, quote, don't you ever effing talk back to me again, end quote. So Lance did as he was told, showed up to Kim's birthday party, asked her to come outside, and with tears in his eyes, he told her that their relationship was over. And according to Lance, Bill had instructed him that he wasn't even supposed to look her way during computer class. Kim told Skip, quote, I said, Lance, you are 18 years old. Your father can't control your life forever. And he said, I know, I know, but you don't know how my, you don't know what my dad can be like, end quote. He's a complete monster.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So after the breakup, Lance seemed to get back on track in football just like Bill wanted. Um, after two interceptions against the Haltom Buffaloes in October, Lance was named one of the Fort Worth Star-Telegrams Players of the Week. Uh-huh. Even still, Bill wasn't satisfied. Oh, of course not. Always thinking Lance could have done better, you know. Oh, he could have had three interceptions instead of two. Jeez. So, although Lance and Kim had broken up, they continued to see each other, sneaking around, you know, to see each other whenever they could. But Bill was not about to allow this to happen. He continued to basically stalk them and even after kim kim's after kim's parents learned that he hadn't stopped stalking their daughter they complained to the north richland hills police to finally
1: somebody involved the the authorities Mm -hmm. finally
0: but to avoid further detection bill just rented a car to follow lance and kim which was less noticeable than his pickup he's a psychopath so clearly he was insane or at the very least unstable oh yeah So, in late October of 1995, Lance showed up at the home of his friend, Carl Pritchard, asking if he could stay the night. His mom, Kathy, called looking for Lance, and Carl's mother could hear Bill in the background cursing and throwing things against the wall. So, Kathy knew
1: that he was sleeping over at... Or she
0: was calling around looking for him. Um, Carl's parents told Lance, you know, you're welcome to stay with us as long as you want, But he went home with his mother anyway. So, but it wouldn't be long before Lance would attempt to leave home again. This time wearing only a pair of sweatpants on a freezing night a few weeks later, uh, he showed up to his friend Matt Kate's home banging on the back window. Oh, wow. Uh, Matt wrapped Lance in a bed cover and asked him what happened. So Lance told Matt, quote, My dad tried to strangle me. He caught me on the phone with Kim. And he jumped on me and put his hands around my neck and he started choking me, end quote.
1: Okay. Right. Wow.
0: Like, just the, the terror that, the fear that he probably lived in his whole life. Yeah. Yeah. So, once again, Kathy found Lance and told him, Bill, prom- you know, your dad promised not to bother you as long as you come home. I mean, obviously Lance was hesitant, but his mom pleaded, saying, "Quote, please come home." and quote. Matt's mom, Mrs. Kate's heard Lance say over the phone, "Quote, mom, I'll come home for you." End quote. And I'm sure he went home because he felt like an obligation to protect his mom from
1: his abusive right, father. Right, because if Kathy couldn't get him to come home, then no telling what Bill what would he was going to gonna her. do to her. Right,
0: because at this point, he was the Lance was the only one still living in the home like okay. he was the other the other older two had moved oh, out so yeah. so one night in november of 1995 um wade and Arvedia Parky, who we already talked about they were having dinner with bill and kathy so bill suggested hey let's drive back to our old fort worth neighborhood so bill told wade um hey let's stop at the high school practice field so, Kathy and Arvedia walked toward the end zone, and Bill and Wade stopped and stood on the 50-yard line. And Bill looked at Wade and said, quote, This is where it all ended for me, Wade, right here. It all ended. All because of one night. One effing night. <gasps> so, it's clear that he, f- he resented his right? wife. Right. Like I said, he resented his wife and his kids. Because of what could have been, you know, I guess. I'm doing air quotes again, but...
1: So, uh, he's, a piece, of, he's, a, he's, he's a, a piece of work. So That's not what I was going to say, but yeah. that's a, a better option. It's a PG question. Yeah. So, a
0: few nights later, while she was cleaning the house, Kathy came across a little notebook that was hidden away in a desk drawer, and she'd seen Bill, you know, in the weeks prior writing in it, but he'd never tell her what he was doing.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Um, so, she started reading it and found the following scribbled on different pages in the notebook. This involves or is the past. Everything stems from past. She then found a cryptic message about high school. Junior summer, pain
1: every summer since. What? This which that's when she got pregnant. The summer between junior and senior, right? Yeah, their junior summer, yep. Yeah. What? Then
0: finally she came across the last entry. I have to be able to express my hurt, my pain, my animosity toward you. Or I will die, or worse, hurt my kids more than I already have, or us. Can you... I, I can't imagine
1: reading that. Yeah, and she's been so submissive and... Right. You know... Well, she's
0: terrified of him. Rightly, right.
1: Rightfully so. I mean... So,
0: you know, to the Butterfield neighbors, though, the tension kind of appeared to subside, you know? Um, when they were in the yard, Bill and Lance waved at their friends who drove by, and at the end of the fall semester, Bill even allowed Lance to go on a young life ski trip to Colorado, Uh, and Bill seemed relieved to learn that Kim, you know, after getting tired of all the sneaking around and Bill's crazy antics, had told Lance that she wanted to date other boys. I don't blame her after all that drama. I don't either. But, so, what... No one outside of the family knew was that Bill had started beating his son again. Now, while Bill had never hesitated during Lance's high school years to, you know, pop him in the chest with his knuckles or push him against a wall, he hadn't paddled paddled Lance since he was a freshman. Uh But in early December of 1995, he told Lance, you know, go to your room, put on a thin pair of athletic shorts, and he pulled out uh, wooden paddle ball rackets that he had recently bought at a toy store, and wrapped them together with duct tape. And I read somewhere, and I can't remember now where now, but I read that Bill had asked his oldest son Billy to cut him a piece of wood to use as a paddle. So I don't know what had happened to the paddle that he apparently used when they were younger. Okay, I'm not sure. Like it probably broke. He probably broke it over one of them. But Billy ignored his father's request and didn't think much of it, and apparently that's why Bill duct taped the paddle ball rackets together, because Billy wouldn't make him a wooden paddle. Make it it yourself. So Bill told his son, quote, Your problem, Lance, is that you didn't get the shit beat out of you enough when you were younger, end quote. After hitting his son with the makeshift paddle, Kathy heard him tell Lance, quote, you going to be a mama's boy and cry? Is that what you're going to do? End quote. Uh, Just a reminder, at this point, Lance was 18 years old. 18. He's paddling his 18
1: year old son. That's, he's an adult. Yeah. You're lucky, he's lucky his daddy didn't didn't fight him back. Well, wait, so had he graduated at this point?
0: No, I don't believe so. I think it was the fall of his senior year, well, it was December of his senior year, so I think before, um, so he would have graduated in like May, right? Um, so Kathy, who was likely concerned that Bill might come after her, was too afraid to stop it. Mm-hmm. So instead, she started preparing for the holidays because it was December, and with Lance's help, you know, she got all the Christmas decorations laid out in the yard and made sure the whole family came to the house on Christmas Day. Um, both of Lance's older siblings were home for the holiday. Sandy was there. Um, actually, she was temporarily living with her parents while she was looking for a new apartment. Mm-hmm. Billy was also there. Um, he was married at that point and living nearby and working with his mother at the mattress factory.
1: Uh-huh.
0: And Christmas Day went on as it does for most families. You know, they ate together, exchanged presents. But apparently Lance was really quiet and sat in the corner most of the time just didn't didn't say much. Mm-hmm. So the day after Christmas, so December 26th... Um, Lance worked for a few hours at the mattress factory and then came home, spent the rest of the day in in his room, lying in his bed. And Bill asked if he was sick, and Lance said no, so Bill was like, well, if you're not sick, you need to get a workout in. So Lance got up and went for a run. And so this brings us to the morning of December 27th, 1995. Bill told Lance that he needed to get another run in, once again. Lance went running, as he was told. A few hours later, Kathy received a phone call at work from Sandy, who was hysterical. Quote, Mom, something's happened between Lance and Dad, end quote. Kathy rushed home and stumbled out of her car, you know, calling Lance's name. Honestly, she was, you know, fearing what she'd been so afraid of all along had come true, you know. And she was screaming, asking if Lance was all right. But it was Bill she found in the hallway, with one bullet in his back and another in his head. And Lance wasn't even at the house. Instead, he was over at Kim's house, sobbing uncontrollably.
1: Oh, no. Right. I mean, you know where I'm going. <laughs> yeah, I do. But for... I mean, it was obvious that he was remorseful.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Right? But Right, yeah, but... For Kathy
0: thinking, coming home thinking that Lance, like, Lance was dead, that yeah. Bill had finally killed him, or, you know. Oh, so, my God. Right. So, Lance initially told the police that he found his father in the house like
1: that. Mm-hmm.
0: And he was 18, right? Mm-hmm. But he eventually confessed that while on the run that morning that his father made him go on, he jogged past Kim's house. And tried to assure her that everything was going to be cool with my dad. That was a quote. But when he got home, he saw Bill getting out of his truck with an angry look on his face. So it didn't take Lance on to realize that Bill had been following him again. Oh, wow. So like And it's like
1: you wanted to follow him. He's like, go for a run, son. And then... Right. So, so I can
0: follow you. Yeah. That's Stalker. Sick. Right. Yeah. So Lance said, quote, seeing him sitting in the driveway triggered so many memories. I wasn't think- thinking of sports. I saw my mom being pushed around. I saw my older brother and his family who lived a block away avoiding our house. Oh my God. I saw my family wasn't a family anymore. I saw misery, end quote. Wow. Well, that's heartbreaking. Like, I usually don't sympathize with the murderers in our episodes, but this is different. Very. I feel so terrible for him. Lance continued telling investigators, quote, it was going through my mind that I could make the pain quit hurting by killing my dad, end quote.
1: Oh, no. I do feel bad for him.
0: That he felt pushed to that limit.
1: And then it's like, once he did it... There's no taking it back. That, and it's like he felt maybe probably like... Relieved. Relief, but at the same time now he's got this whole other set of emotions because Mm -hmm. he just killed his dad. Because even though he was a piece of abusive piece of
0: trash that's still
1: your dad and like now like it had to be like his growing up was traumatic and then now he had another event that was probably a Mm -hmm. different kind of traumatic right I don't know right so
0: that's what Lance decided to do to make the pain quit hurting and he went and got the 38 revolver that Bill kept in a kitchen cabinet and after Bill wearing only a towel came out of the bathroom. Apparently, he was taking a shower. Lance shot him in the back. Lance said, quote, I said, I'm sorry, Dad. Um, oh, he, no. His dad turned and said, call 911, and he was holding his chest, and that's when I pointed and fired the second shot, end quote. The second shot hit Bill in the middle of the forehead.
1: Oh, wow.
0: Right. So, many of Lance's family Family members, they all asked the DA to drop the murder charges or give him probation. Uh But the prosecutors wanted to make an example of Lance to basically send a message to teens about how the crime of parricide, which is the killing of a parent, um, they wanted to send a message about how that would be treated in Texas. So, um,. You know, prosecutors, they didn't believe that the prolonged abuse that he suffered uh, at the hands of his father was a justifiable reason for him to shoot his father, basically in cold blood. Right. I don't know. I I disagree, but...
1: After a a lifetime of abuse? Mm -hmm.
0: Right. I don't know. So, they pointed to the fact that Lance was 18... So he was old enough to be held adult. accountable for his actions. Tried as an adult, right? Um, they also pointed out the fact that he was a straight A student. He was smart enough, or he should have been smart enough to know that there were places he could have turned for help. But when that's fa- not true, right? Because when you when your father your father had basically brainwashed
1: you to yes. to believe that and you're groomed to to just take to this comply abuse. and right. I mean, same thing with Kathy, right? You know? Exactly. And. I'm not saying I agree. I'm
0: just saying no, this yeah, is yeah, what prosecutors
1: yeah. are. Um, I'm just co-signing here. <laughs> um, but like, so domestic abuse, people often think it's just man versus, um, man versus woman. But I, I'm pretty sure in Louisiana, it's, um, 1435.3 domestic ab- uh, abuse battery. Um, mm-hmm. you just have to live together. Oh, okay.
0: So, so it's, it could be a father-son, yeah. father-daughter, mother-son. I'm pretty kind of, sure. Okay. I could be wrong. Yeah. um. And lastly, prosecutors mm-hmm. believed that Lance was not in imminent danger that day, and they said that his father was defenseless as he was, like, coming out of the shower.
1: So... And the fact that he did that second shot after... Mm-hmm. I mean, he... It's so tough, though, because he I apologized. I know. And then the dad said, I call my mom on. And he's like, hold up.
0: Shoot you again. Yeah. Right. And they said just because, the prosecutors said that just because Lance and Bill had a strained relationship, that it didn't give Lance the right to commit first-degree murder. I, and I get that, you know. But, I mean, like, Lance said at the time,
1: he was like, I can make it stop. Right. Okay, so I want to go back to that domestic abuse battery. So in Louisiana, I know this didn't happen in Louisiana, but it is uh, domestic abuse battery is the intentional use of force or violence committed by one household member or family member upon the person of another household member or family member. Oh, okay. So, yeah, it, it, it doesn't have to be male-female.
0: Okay. So one psychiatrist who interviewed Lance while he was awaiting um, trial, wondered if Lance wasn't experiencing PTSD. So when Lance met with Randy Price, who's a well-known forensic psychologist, he said, quote, it's not like I killed my father. It's like I don't have a father anymore, end quote. So Price wondered, you know, well, is he in denial about the shooting? Wait, so and when he experiencing
1: PTSD, From the shooting. From the shooting. Okay, mm-hmm. not from his lifetime of...
0: Well, I guess it could be either or, or both, because,
1: um, you know... Did we cover a case? Yeah, it was, uh, I think it was Taylor's case that they, they tried to say uh, he reacted that way be, um, to killing um, killing Taylor oh, because, because PTSD. of PTSD, so that's why I thought you oh, meant okay. he shot his father because of PTSD.
0: No, I, I mean, I think, could, I think, it could be? I think in this case they're talking about PTSD from the shooting. Yeah, okay. Because he, you know, he's like I said, he told him it's not like I killed my father. It's like I don't have a father anymore. So Price kind of thought, well, it's maybe he's in denial and subconsciously dissociating, disassociating himself from it. Right. Like it almost didn't happen. So um, Lance was released on bail and awaiting trial. And while he was out, he took courses in the spring of 1996 and earned his high school diploma mm-hmm. and then he enrolled at a nearby junior college and you know he called Kim a few times and wrote her letters the girlfriend that he had but you know she was like no it's over. like this relationship is over yeah and that when so bad she, for him. right and when she realized that they were taking classes at the same junior college she even transferred to another <sighs> campus so. I
1: mean, I can't say that I, w- I don't know how I would be if I was Kim, you know. Right. Like, from the outside looking in, mm-hmm. I feel so bad for Lance. Right. But if I was mm-hmm. a p- former girlfriend of somebody, yeah, who killed their father or mm-hmm. anyone for that matter, you know, right. I can't say that I would feel the way I feel right, right. now. Right.
0: Like you never know until you're in that situation. Right. So his trial and sentence. Um, his trial was actually postponed for like two years almost. Uh, but finally, he was out on bail. Yes, finally his trial was set to begin in August of 1997. Um, so Lance did he pleaded guilty to murder. So it was up to a jury to decide what his punishment would be. Mm-hmm. So like it wasn't. It was just the like the um, penalty phase. It wasn't like, like a guilt the guilt sen- phase. The sentencing. Yeah, like the sentencing. Hearing, phase. Not the yeah. trial. Yeah, because you know there really wasn't a necessarily a need for a trial because he, he pled him. guilty. Um. So on the first day of testimony, um, the courtroom was overflowing with spectators. Most of them who were Lance's supporters.
1: Wow. So yeah, he, he had people behind him.
0: Mm-hmm. Bill's older older sister, so Lance's aunt, actually flew in from California to testify that Lance should be given only probation, oh, saying, wow. "quote Lance has been in prison since the day he was born." Aww. End quote.
1: That says a lot coming from Bill's own sister. Blood. Yeah. Well, she knew. I mean. Yeah. Um and
0: um, she continued saying, Quote, Lance defended himself. He defended his family. I honestly believe he saved his mother's brothers and sisters' lives as well as his own. Eventually Bill would have killed them all. End quote. Wow. That's powerful. Pow- yeah, mm-hmm. I was gonna say it. So Lance's uh you know, his aunt, the same one who testified, she also contributed pretty heavily to cover his legal fees. Oh wow. Yeah, Um, and a psychiatrist testified that the Butterfield home was like a concentration camp.
1: Shut up! Shut up! Because you've said that numerous times. That BFF telepathy. Well, (laughs) not even, because this is something the psychiatrist
0: said. Kathy herself even testified that Lance was driven to kill his father because, quote, he had no help from me, no help from anyone in the community, end quote. I know, it's really sad. Um, Lance's lead defense lawyer was Jeff Kearney from Fort Worth and he knew that if Lance was going to have any chance at just getting probation that Lance would have to testify and take the stand and fully explain what happened. I
1: get that. That's probably a smart move.
0: Right. But Lance was hesitant to get on the stand and openly publicly talk about the years of
1: abuse But, but the good thing is that he pled guilty, so he, mm-hmm. he didn't have to be, I don't think he had to be interrogated by or cross-examined, you know, like, yeah. so, um, I don't know. Um,
0: but the evening before he was due to testify, uh, Kearney's co consul Greg Westfall, uh, he had an idea and he asked Lance to write a letter to his dead father thinking that, you know, this might help him break through, you know, have like a breakthrough. Yeah, so, that's smart. I'm going to read part of the letter. Uh-uh. Ah, oh, huge. Right. Uh, the letter reads, quote, Dear Dad, you'll never know how much I admired you. You'll never know how much I loved you. Why weren't you able to love me back? Dad, I just wanted our family to be a happy family. Was that too much to ask? End quote.
1: Oh, my God.
0: I don't know how I didn't cry reading that because I was so sad. So, <laughs> apparently... <laughs> Lance writing this letter to his father helped, and he did decide to testify. Oh, that's good. And when he did, his testimony was so powerful about his father's violence towards him and his whole family, basically, that a lot of jurors were fighting back tears. So the jury split down the middle. Six for probation and six for prison, a prison term. Uh, And one angry juror even demanded a life sentence. Oh, here we go. So, after days of deliberation, the foreman uh, passed the judge a note that read, quote, we are close to coming to punches, end quote. Basically, like, they're not going to agree. Oh, oh, I see what you mean. Like, they're not going to agree. Like, the six and the six. Right, like, hung jury. So, the judge declared a mistrial. So, both of the lawyers knew they're never going to find a jury that would come to a unanimous decision because because
1: of, like, the facts of the case. And in Texas, do you know, because I don't know this, I would have to look it up, for even for Louisiana, but did they need unanimous for first degree?
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it has to be unanimous. Um, So, the DA's office uh, cut a deal with Lance that, you know, he would plead guilty to manslaughter and would receive a three-year sentence, but would be eligible
1: for parole after 24 months. So, he got three years. And absolutely had to do 2
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. So, on February 11th, 1999, 15 months after he was sentenced, the parole board um, agreed to release Lance on November 8th, 1999, which is four days shy of the second anniversary of his sentencing. And then his parole expired one year later. So, he was off of, out of, off of
1: parole. So, he only had completely. a year of parole mm-hmm. after getting out. So, did he do the two years or did he do the 15 months?
0: No, he did the full two years. Um, At 15 months is when they decided that they were going to release him, but not until November, which was the two years. So once he was released from prison, um, he enrolled at TCU, graduated from TCU in the early 2000s with degrees in both accounting and finance. Uh, For those of you who don't know, I have a degree in accounting, and I'm a CPA, so I can relate to him. In that Isn't your aspect. brother
1: going for a honey and finance? He is. That's
0: what I thought. So in a 2002 article from the Dallas Morning News, the reporter asked Lance whether he was happy with the way his life has turned out. And Lance responded, quote, I'm just glad I don't have to come home anymore to the hell that life was. But I wish my father was here to experience this family. What might have been if only he had gotten help, end quote. Aww.
1: That is like so sad.
0: He obviously had a mental illness that went completely unchecked. Yeah. And so while doing research on this case, I decided to search Lance on Facebook.
1: I generally do that. Me too. (laughs) I'm such a stalker.
0: I know. And I didn't find Lance, but I did find his wife. So apparently Lance is now married and with, with two beautiful kids. And it made my heart happy that, you know, he's now leading a seemingly normal life. You know, I'm not in any way condoning what he did. Mm -hmm. Because killing anybody is horrible. Shooting anybody is horrible. But I I sort of also feel like he was justified in shooting his his father for, I mean, everything he put him through and all the years of abuse. But, I mean, you're welcome to have your own opinion. That's just mine. And him
1: going through that, he knows, um, he knows what kind of example to set for his kids and he knows what he doesn't want to be.
0: Right. Exactly. And, um... One of the psychiatrists, um, I forget where I read it, but one of the psychiatrists said that Lance ever killing again would be extremely uncommon.
1: Oh, yeah. This was... Because it's not like he's just a, somebody who just enjoys it, murdering people. Yeah. It, and I mean, in this case, it, it was self-defense. Maybe not him actually, like, in, he, that, in moment. that moment. In that moment.
0: So actually, according to a March 2019 article from Austin360.com, Mark Harmon has recently optioned the rights to Honor Thy Father, which is the Skip Hollingsworth article where I got most of the info for this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully that means Lance's story is being turned into a TV show. I feel like it would be really interesting. And, uh, really? for those of you who don't know, Mark Harmon, Mark Harmon is best known for his role as uh, Special Agent Leroy Gibbs on CBS's NCIS. Okay. So, um, just something I thought was interesting, um, You know, be on the lookout for that. And if we hear anything, we'll make sure to post it on our social media for you guys. Yeah. Um, So, Um, also, before we go, we have our first hashtag Ask the Home Girls question this week. Oh, we do? Mm Mm-hmm. Yay, Um, finally. Right. So, today's question was submitted by Linda from Miami, Florida. Thanks, Linda. Um, So, Linda asks... Um, your podcasts are cool and educate the public on bad criminals. Have you had any real life true crime experiences yourself that helps you have such insight to help solve these crimes for others? Uh, I can honestly say I really kind of don't. Um, I've just kind of been into true crime like a lot of other people are nowadays, but I don't have any like personal, like I don't know anyone who's murdered or have any, you know, I don't have any murder... Murderers in my family that I know of, um, but yes, yeah,
1: so I don't have any like personal ties to your crime.
0: What about? I know you were in nine one one, but
1: yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say personal ties. I would say professional ties. Right. Um, I've said this before. I was a nine one one dispatcher for four years, mm-hmm. um, so I had many experiences. But I mean, not like direct experiences with criminals i right, been taking the calls mm-hmm. yeah, um I mean, so so many, but um without getting too deep in the weeds. Yes, um I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I guess it does help me uh have different perspectives than
0: Well, I've learned a lot
1: yes. from from your knowledge. So, and... um aside from the phone calls that I would take. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I really, really enjoyed like learning the statutes. Mm-hmm. So that's why you hear me spit out those random <laughs> articles and stuff, um, or the revised statutes. But, um, so recently I had to testify in court and I, without getting too, um, too specific, um, cause this was just a couple weeks ago. Um, and the sentencing is actually tomorrow. So, mm. um, which is October 14th,
0: um... As of the day we're recording,
1: right? So, um, long story short, took the phone call, got the confession, and I had to testify, um... Because of the the motive and what he said on the phone, he has now been, um, found guilty of second-degree murder. So, um... Maybe maybe we'll talk about that in the future. I really maybe. I don't wanna get sued or in trouble or right. for um for for getting real specific. But um if you want if you wanna ask me about it, mm-hmm. I will definitely talk about it one on one. Right.
0: So send us a message if you'd like yes, to. Yes, um... I will
1: send you articles, uh <laughs> pictures of
0: me right. in my uniform. Like pictures of me, like
1: that. um so I think that would have to be like the closest mm-hmm. thing that I would have to a true okay. Crime life, connection uh a, a real life true crime connection or right. experience like i said i don't i just like
0: watching listening to true crime stuff like i'm a weirdo whatever yeah <laughs> retweet <laughs> right. all right well again thank you linda for your question
1: and um yeah send us your questions we'll we'll answer them if you have any so that is the case of the parasite of bill butterfield Thank you for listening to Homicide Homegirls. If you enjoyed today's episode, head on over to our Facebook page and leave us a review or rate us on whatever podcast platform you're listening on. If you want to be the first to know when an episode is released, make sure you subscribe to our podcast. Follow us on Instagram at Homicide Homegirls, Facebook at Facebook.com slash Homicide Homegirls Podcast, and Twitter at Homegirls Pod. If you would like to suggest an episode, use the form located on our Facebook page. Once a month, we plan to answer fan-submitted questions in a segment we like to call Hashtag Ask the home girls. So be sure to use the form on our Facebook page to submit your questions.